Welcome to Charmaine Wilson, the Australian Media Podcast. Good morning and welcome to my podcast. I do apologise for my uh, absence. Um, I just had bronchitis. This winter is slamming me hard. Where I live, we've been get, we got to minus five yesterday, so I'm just getting slammed. I know it's age. It sucks. Anyhow, <laughs> back to what we're meant to be doing, which is the podcast. Um, today I thought I'd answer three emails. Um, the first answer I'm gonna, um, email I'm going to answer is from a lady called Louise. Now, Louise is an avid reader. She's got a fascination with everything past life, everything spiritual. Um, and she's mentioned some books, Dolores Cannon, Raymond Mooney, Brian Weiss, Doris Stokes, Arthur Finlay, Neil, D- Neil Dan- Donald Walsh, um, Silver Birch. All of these are wonderful, wonderful authors. And I'm glad that you're getting into them because it means that you're getting it, that you are, um, you know, <laughs> you are... Um, understanding that you are a spirit having a human experience and that's the most important thing. However, Louise is adopted um, or was adopted out um, as a baby and she explains in her email that she didn't have very much in common with her family but she learned a lot of parents, uh, a lot of stuff from her, lessons from her parents while they were alive and she wants to know where do children, uh, adopted children fit in with spirit families. Well, I've got a little bit of a news flash for you here. Number one, considering that you were reading all the books about um, past lives, reincarnation, et cetera, et cetera, <clears throat> it would be a little surprise to you that you had asked perhaps your soul had wanted to know what it felt like to not totally belong. Now, now that is a strong lesson and it, it appears to me that you didn't really feel like that you belonged in your family growing up. Perhaps you felt like an outsider the whole time and this would be a very alienating feeling and one that would have taken a lot of leaps and hurdles to um, conquer, if you like. Now, you come across as a well-adjusted person, so I would consider that you conquered the, um, the, 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 uh, the, the, the fact that you were adopted and you were able to somehow let go. Now, I hope that you have been able to let go of the fact that you were adopted, and I hope that it doesn't bug you anymore that you may not have fit into the family you grew up with. But that is a really big lesson. And so I would presume after you grew up and you left home that you found another family of sorts in, in, the, you know, in the guise of friends, lovers, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, you asked where do adoptive children fit into spirit families? Now, I've talked about this before. We have a soul group and we have secondary and we have third soul groups. And a little bit like a family tree, they're all connected now we don't always we we don't always have a soul group member to be our parent, and that is the number one fact. Sometimes our parents are not even in the primary soul group. Sometimes they're in the second or third, but the ones that are in the primary soul group are the ones that you will feel closest to in this life. The ones that, if they should pass, you will be beyond devastated. You will be on, but you will not be able to be consoled for quite a while. They are the true soul group members. So when you say, where do we fit in with spirit families in the afterlife adopted children? Well, <clears throat> obviously, if that is an adopted family, that is possibly going to be a second or third connected soul group, a bit like a second or third cousin in a way. 
okay? So that is not who you're going to worry about. You're not going to be worried about those people when you pass away, okay? So you are going to be worried about your primary soul group members who could be your now children, your husband, um, some really great mates. That could be your soul group. In the afterlife, we don't have families as in on earth. We don't um, have the whole mother, father, brother, sister thing. We are souls and when we choose to have an earth experience or a human species experience, then of course we have to fit in to what is accepted by society and what is accepted by society on this planet is mother, father, brother, sister, ETC, okay? But in the afterlife, we don't need that structure. We have, we have other souls that we are very close to and they are in our primary soul group and they are the ones that we reincarnate with time and time again. This life, they may have chosen to come along a little bit later, as I said, such as a friend or a lover or a, a child of your own, okay? And, you, and, and the, the lesson for you in this is um, that you just grow up, you didn't feel like you um, fit in. Now you say that it, it, it was, there was a lot of animosity between us. I am part of this. I believe that there, although there was a lot of animosity between us, I am part of this group. Yes, you are, but I'm possibly on a second or third level. I hope you understand that. You see, we have to under what what we have got to understand is that you are a spirit having a human experience. A human experience dictates that we must have a family unit. Okay. Now, just say there was another planet where you didn't have to have a human experience. Perhaps on another planet, we just basically come out of an egg. And we become the being that's on that planet, whether it looks like a human or whether it looks like a bloody monkey or whether it looks like a, a lizard. <laughs> I shouldn't say lizard because that's going to freak people out. That's not, I don't believe in that shit, okay? So, <laughs> but it doesn't matter. If we, if we are born on another planet that doesn't have a family unit, such as, you know, so that we are basically uh, created in some type of Petri dish, on another planet that doesn't have a family unit, then that's the way that's going to be. So stop taking store. In the solar, when you are reincarnated, you can reincarnate to any planet. You, can re you don't have to reincarnate to Earth. That, that, that's, that's not a given because Earth is particularly hard. So, <clears throat> so just so long as you understand that your soul group are the people that you will probably incarnate to very different areas for the entirety of your existence, which I don't know how long that is. Don't ask me that question. I wouldn't have a clue. So, um, so you've got a type of get family unit and soul group members a little bit separate, okay? Because I have to tell you, I have brothers and sisters who I do not consider anything like me. We do not get on. Um, we do not talk. And... The truth of the matter is, I do not believe that they are part of my soul group. I do not believe that I will have to reincarnate with them again at a later time. Have they given me lessons? Oh, hell yes. But these lessons I think I have dealt with perfectly. Um, and, and now we don't actually have any contact. And that is how it was meant to be. Just because you grow up with siblings in your house, it doesn't mean you're meant to live, you know, be nicety nice all the rest of your time. It doesn't really mean that. It doesn't mean that. You're not going to get on with all your siblings. You're not going to get on with your mum and dad all the time. 
but you are going to get on with true soul group members. True soul group members, you will barely have a bicker. You will barely fight. And if you do, it will be resolved. You know, you won't have any feeling of, of not being loved or wanted by this person. That won't exist. So just as long as you understand that, I hope that makes sense today. Um, as I said, I've been a little bit unwell, so I'm type of like just coming out of my um, shell now. So um, I hope that helps you, Louise. Um, any more questions? You know how to email me. Okay, I'll get on to the next email now. Now, the next question comes from Tricia. Now, Tricia um, had listened to my podcast about different tools and now she's asking me about pendulums. Now, I actually find pendulums really interesting, but there's a little tick with them that you have to be very, 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 very wary of, okay? Now, if you are using a pendulum for a yes, no answer, they can be quite an effective um, tool. If you are using the, uh, the pendulum, pendulum on a person who is pregnant to determine their sex, very good tool. But let me delve deeper into that. Okay, so one of the things about pendulums I've noticed is that we have a very strong minds as human beings. I have found that when I am not vested in the answer, the answer will be true. If I have any interest in the outcome of the answer, the answer, the, the pendulum will be false or um, not to be trusted. Okay, I'll go again deeper. For instance, when I was pregnant with my son, Jack, I had to go up to the Toowoomba Base Hospital for three weeks because I had uh, a hemorrhaging thing happen. So they, because at that time I lived in Stanthorpe, they wanted me to um, go up to the hospital because that was a big hospital and Stanthorpe's a very little hospital. They didn't want to be unprepared for preemie babies, ETC. Anyway, so um, I was bored as hell. And at that time I wasn't a medium by any means, but I did believe in the pendulum. And I decided that I was going to start penduluming <laughs> the people that were in prenatal. And so I just started walking around because I was bored out of my brain and the nurses got onto what I was doing. So they would say, come, 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 come do this one. And I would do this pendulum right before, um, right before they had their baby. Because obviously they're all there for prenatal because they're waiting to have their babies. So I would do this. And you know what? 99.9% of the time I was right. I don't think I was wrong with one of those ladies in the hospital. I must have done about 20 pendulum readings at least, and um, and they were 100% correct. And the reason being, because I had no, I didn't care one way or the other whether they had a boy or girl. I was not interested in the outcome, okay? So then we move on. And so then um, there was another time um, when I was actively using the pendulum to have yes, no answer. Now this is, now guys, I do not do, any psychic detective work, I want to put that out there right now. But there was a time early on that I thought that maybe I might be good at that. So I would use a pendulum to ask questions. But because I always had an idea or my own opinion, I think that the pendulum was going to my opinion. I don't think it was very effective on that because I did, in all of those cases, have a desire um, in the outcome of the particular pendulum. Okay, so I had a desire for an answer in those times. 
Now, the one time that it really did stuff me up, right, is when I was, um, my daughter-in-law was second with, was, was pregnant with her second child. We all wanted a bloody girl. Oh, we wanted, anyway. <laughs> it kept getting girl. Every time I put that pendulum on her belly, and I did that several times, I can tell you. It came out, girl, came out, girl, girl, girl. It was, yeah. Well, Carter's a lovely little healthy boy because, you see, that's where the, that's where the trick is with the pendulum um, is that um, you, if, you have, um, an, if you have an interest in the outcome, then it will not be effective. It will be the most ineffective tool that you can ever use. But if you have zero interest in the outcome, if this is just a random thing, you see, even if you do a pendulum work for your friends, you're going to want whatever it is that she wants. So you, so this has really got to be done where you have no interest whatsoever in the outcome, okay? So that is that is how I have found it over the years and I, I have been mucking around with them for a little while, to be honest with you. Your question was, is it just our subconscious and physics? Um, no, I actually think there is some validity in the pendulum, but as I said, you cannot use it when you are vested in the um, outcome of, of, of what's going to happen. But if you, if you have no interest in what's going to happen, it's going to be a pretty good tool. I've seen people use pendulums and things on TikTok and that, um, you know, about climate change and all that crap. And, and it, it always, or, or, you know, like world things, but you just know that it's what they are thinking. It's their opinion. So their opinion's coming out. So, yeah, that, that's where I am with that. I hope it helps you understand it. So once again, big roundup, pendulum, if you're interested in the answer and you are anxious about the outcome, forget it. It's going to be useless. But if you have no interest in the outcome, it will be a very, very, it can be, in my opinion, a valid tool. Hope that helps you there, Tricia. And my last email is from Kelly. Um, now, Kelly wants to know, how do you forgive someone who has already passed? I basically would consider that um, um, you know that that to me is one of the easiest things to do to be honest with you um, because it, but how do I explain this okay so if someone has already passed how do you forgive them first of all when they've passed you may have to go through a period of being angry at them again let that happen let that happen because if you never got a chance to say in life exactly how much they hurt you then you let that anger come at this time I would suggest like I remember when this happened to me and I ended up I had the same situation and I ended up going up in the bush and just screaming my lungs out I was so angry so angry um but you know but but that's just what you've got to do you've got to let the anger out okay that's natural that's normal that's where you've got to go so how do you forgive them when I talk about forgiving people, I don't always, I'm not saying you've got to go up to them, front up to them and forgive them. Usually uh, that's not desirable, okay? So how do you forgive them? This is the easiest way. Forgiveness is never about them. Forgiveness isn't saying I forgive you for being a total asshole to me and I'm going to let you off the hook because that's just me being nice. No, that's not what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is when you no longer allow the actions of that person to bug you. 
when you are able to stop thinking about them with any feeling whatsoever. When you think about them, you can only think about um, them as an individual that was on in your life once. You don't feel anger and nor do you feel pain when you think about them. That is what forgiveness is. If you are continuously, if they are, have passed away and they're on your mind all the time, you see then, if that's the case, it means that they still own you, okay? So forgiveness means letting go of what hurt you. Forgiveness is for you, not for them. He, that person, I, I don't know if it was a man or not, but that person that was really horrible to you and did the things to you that you're still thinking about today knows exactly how they hurt you now. They've seen the life tape reviews. They probably wish that you would, uh, that you would forgive them. Do you understand? I don't know why people get this so much in reverse. Forgiveness is letting go of the pain and anger associated with someone that hurt you. That's what forgiveness is. It, it means they are no longer going to affect your life in an adverse way. It means that when you think about them, your blood pressure is no longer going to rise. Okay? You see, you've got to ask about faith. They don't, it's not like, you see, this is where I think the word forgiveness is such a painful word in a lot of ways. Because when you say, I forgive you, okay? I forgive you. It really means I am not going to let you affect my life anymore. That's basically what it means. So forgiveness of someone who has passed away is really so easy. Stop thinking about them. Stop letting what they did hurt you. If you must say, I don't know, just say it in your head. Yeah, you better believe they know how they affected you now. You better believe that they have to karmically somehow, somewhere in the existence of your soul, balance that out. Hey, this could have been a karmic reaction. Who knows? Maybe you were a little mean in a previous life and this was them getting you back. Complicated, but not really. Forgiveness is never about them. It's always about you. It's always about you making your life easier. So Kelly, I hope that helped you um, a little bit. Um, stop thinking about that person. And if you do think about them, um, make sure that you lessen the time each day. So just say today you think about them for 30 minutes. Uh, tomorrow you make sure you think about them for 29. And the next day, 28. And you really make, you know, don't, just don't let yourself dwell on that person anymore. That's all you've got to do. And that there is forgiveness. Um, but if you still get angry about them, and if you really do get angry about them still, it might be time for you to go to a, a, a counsellor and sort those feelings out to get rid of them. Because right now, you're the only one being affected. They are not being affected at all. They know what they've done, but they are in the place, the afterlife. And the afterlife is a place of almost like, yep, I know I did it. I will correct that later. That's how they are. They're not emotionally pulled down and feeling like an a-hole because of it. They accept it. They acknowledge it. They accept responsibility. They will karmically balance it, okay, in a later existence. I hope that helps, Cal. <laughs> Okay, guys, that's it me, me for the day. Thank you for being patient with me. Um, I'm sorry that um, I have been a little bit, uh, you know, tardy, but yeah, 
This winter is knocking me around, guys. It's knocking me around. Okay, you take care. And I will um, return soon. <laughs>